Welcome to the We Rock DM Podcast, your source for all things digital marketing. Join hosts Daniel Bissett and Trisha Olberg as they explore the latest trends and share their expertise on how to succeed in the digital age. Tune in for expert advice on search engine optimization, social media marketing, and content strategy. We make kick-ass stuff kick-ass. So join us and learn how to rock your digital marketing game. Welcome back to We Rock DM Amplified, the podcast that amplifies your digital marketing and web prowess. We, your hosts, Daniel Bissett and Trisha Olberg, are absolutely thrilled to introduce our newest guest, the dynamic Elise Deanda Zagara. Known for her impressive impact in the fashion world and as the visionary behind the Jolie Fashion Society, Elise exemplifies creativity, style, and entrepreneurial gusto. In this episode, we'll be diving into the exciting intersection of fashion, web technologies, and the art of community building. So tune in and get ready to explore the fashionable side of the digital world with us. Elise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you were once our student, now our colleague. Um, how are you doing? And, and first and foremost, you, you said in the warm-up to this podcast that you're a polypreneur. Um, what made you choose the Jolie Fashion Society over any of your other um, side hustles for uh, today's show? I think more than anything, I really want Texas to expand in their fashion community. And so when it comes to the website and what we're going to discuss today, any way I can amplify that and get very um, well educated um, feedback would help me a ton in really making sure that my points and what I'm really trying to do for the Texas fashion community comes across well. Okay, that's awesome. Um, so before we get too deep, uh, I'd really like to kind of unpack the too long didn't read the TLDR of Jolie Fashion Society. Um, so can you give us your like, 45 second elevator pitch? Who, what is it? And who's it for? Yes. So Jolie Fashion Society is for everyone to start with. It is a organization that supports each Texas city's fashion community in order to elevate the Texas fashion community as a whole. So it's really focused on the person that's creating clothes in their house, the person that loves to write about fashion, but is not um, being supportive. So the website's goal for that as well is to have a blog section for them. It's to give all of the Texas fashion community a place to have a space. A healthy place. It's not toxic. No one to be. Sorry. Nobody to be. I have dogs. <laughs> it's totally uh, nobody fine. to be nasty or negative or like any mm -hmm. type of negative um, impact on the community as a whole. Very cool, at least. And it's okay if your your puppies are barking a little bit. We we know that you're we're, we all do this from our home offices. It's one of the things that it makes it so awesome that we can work from home. Um, so I wanted to know: was this your idea? Do you have a business partner? How did you decide to get into this in the first place? I do not have a business partner. Um, I am a solo um, creative Renewer. here. 
Um, I have been in the fashion industry for about almost 10 years. I'm, I'm 25. So I started when I was younger. Um, I started in the Valley and then I worked my way up from there. Um, now I'm in San Antonio. And so the goal of it all, I have cats too. So I'm sorry if I start looking. It's because I have one in particular that will sit on my laptop if I'm not careful. Um, and I think y'all know that from class when she just walks yeah. in front of me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm looking at her, I'm like, please stop. <laughs> But um, I am solo on this. It is um, fashion is a huge, I don't say fashion is my passion, but fashion is a huge part of what I love. And ultimately, it's where I want to work in and work towards. Um, I'm currently in the financial industry. So being able to get out of that and by promoting this community and being able to work this full time would just be where my heart is happiest. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, so tell me if I was so you are targeting people who um, have a desire to do the same, like be part of the the fashion community. And when you say like non toxic, um, what do you mean by that? Like, it sounds like there there might be some, you're trying to do something different than is out there. Right? Pivot? Right. So a lot of the fashion industry, it's very cutthroat. I think everyone knows that it's very... um, cliche to think oh you're gonna go in there and someone's gonna probably scream at you and make you cry I mean we've all seen the devil wears Prada okay so (laughs) and and it's and it's true in some senses there are people and and in every career you know there are people in this world that are not so nice um or supportive and what I'm trying to do is build that really strong supportive community um it's from the get-go of starting this I said I won't tolerate any nastiness and that is true and true Um, If you have an opinion and it's not what someone else's opinion is, um, respectfully either disagree or keep quiet. You know, you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all kind of situation. So I I really want to create very healthy environment, but also guiding people in Texas towards that higher end fashion, that higher quality of fashion. So um, when you think of fashion, there's there's New York, there's Paris, you know, even LA is kind of thrown in there. We're as large as the Miami Fashion Week. You know, Miami has a fashion week. They also have a swim week and that's huge for them. There's no reason why Texas can't sit at one of those lower tiers, but still have a a space and place to talk. Um, A lot of designers do come out of Texas, especially Austin, um, which I know where y'all are from. So, you know, just, I feel like if people had a little more encouragement and love from where they're from before they go out because I think that is necessary for them to leave Texas to achieve the higher goals but to come back they'll want to give back to their community a little more so um you want so you your target audience are people who want a a career in the fashion industry but they're living here in Texas maybe they don't have the opportunity to go move to Paris currently and so this is a good place for them to get started in their career Yes, that's what. You- yeah, that's exactly it. And also, I really want to make a name for Texas. Um, I'm a huge Texas girl to the heart. Um, I'm, I'm from the Valley originally. So even the Valley does not have that type of support compared to San Antonio compared to Austin, even compared to Dallas. So trying to get every city to hit that level of Dallas would elevate Texas as a whole. Okay. 
That makes sense. And I know that in Dallas, they have the, the, the market. That is where a lot of people, yeah, I've worked in retail here. So I know that that's where the store owners tend to go when they're right. restocking their shops. And, and the home that makes sense. Marcus is Dallas. So yeah, there, there is quality here. And obviously someone had a vision for Texas to do that. It's yeah. just now let's encourage it to happen. Not so much on the, like the mainstream corporate level. Let's do the little people. Let's get those small, you know, business owners. And so um, well, what, go ahead, Daniel. <laughs> I was just going to say as, as Texas grows in the world of technology, because, you know, uh, Silicon Valley is now turning into Hill Country Valley. Right. Um, I feel like there's more and more opportunity because the fashion, high-end fashion, it ain't cheap. Right. And so, you know, the, the Benjamins have to be around to support the fashion society as a whole. And I think the more tech that comes, the, the more money enters even to the smaller locations. And, and I think um, you're, you're priming the pump. You're getting ready for the positioning. So that's and, really and exciting. And that's crazy that you bring time. up the technology because in New York and the larger cities, digital fashion is a major. I, I'm predicting that that is the next up and coming fashion way. Um, I know people don't want to admit it because it's scary, especially for like our models. They're starting to use AI for modeling instead of actually allowing human beings to model. But it, it's the way of the future. I mean, either we fight against it and we lose because it's going to happen or we go with it and you become a pioneer. And that's that's another thing I truly want to focus on with Jolie is to focus on bringing the fashion technology to Texas as well, because it's so, it's such a frontier that we locally have not explored, and just New York is barely tapping into it. And I'm, I'm really predicting it's, it's going to come in a massive wave within the next year. I agree with that. I just bought a dress, and it had an AI model, and but I could spin it and see how that dress would look 360. So I know what you're talking about. That's very cool. Um, I was going to also say, Elise, that I think that a lot of smaller stores are actually looking for Texas brands. Wouldn't you say? People like to carry local designers. So I can see that that would be another benefit to this. Well, so we've identified kind of uh, what you're trying to achieve. Um, and you mentioned that Jolie Fashion Society is for everyone, but uh, from my experience, when you throw the net out so wide, um, you leave big holes in the net and it's hard to catch a single fish. Right. Um, so if we're, if we're going to explore this, um, could you identify the one or two primary types that you're trying to connect with. Yes, in an ideal world, anyone um, who is interested in fashion and has a closet full of clothes or materials for designing um, would love to be a part of this, but um, who are the, the two people that you're, you need to get in touch with first in right. order for this to scale? Um, I guess... It's really starting with the local designers. Um, I think designers 
nowadays everyone has an e-boutique and those or e-stores or they just sell on Instagram. Hey, I made this, buy it. And people are loving that. Mm-hmm. So I think the local designers, maybe not so much boutiques right away. Um, there's a place yeah. for them, but the designer, the creative. And so that's where I'm focusing on is the creative of fashion. So that's when I'm saying like, oh, I want bloggers and photographers and models well, because those are the creatives of fashion. They create the narrative. Um, boutiques are lovely. I like them. Um, they're very, still are staple because that's where a lot of the local models will start working as those local boutiques. They get some of their experience through there. But I, I do have to say, I know it's still going to give you a broad spectrum when I say, oh, the fashion creative, but I don't want to necessarily close off like, oh, I care more about photographers and, and designers than I do models and and writers. And so I just want to say the creative because whichever space they're in, me as a person that started this industry, I have interest in it. I've read blogs mm-hmm. written by fashion writers. I've watched models. I've, I've been in modeling. I have modeling friends. I know designer friends that I went to college with. It, it, I know the spectrum. I know photographers and I know the videographers. So I know the spectrum. I don't want to say one in particular, but I do care about that creative aspect. Where, where are they going to really change the field for everyone? All right. I mean, and I think that that is, I feel like that is a, a tight enough net to really then focus your, your content strategy. Mm-hmm. So right now I feel like your, your content strategy, at least on your website feels a little vague. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that kind of tracks with what you said at the very beginning that it, it's for anybody. Um, and so I think, you can be more targeted without excluding. Right. Right. So if, if the content, the tone is more geared towards the creatives without excluding the non-creatives, then the non-creatives can see that they're welcome. Even if they, if you're not speaking directly to them, but one of, um, one of Mr. Rogers, we all love Mr. Rogers. We grew up with Mr. Rogers. I don't, I mean, you will have grown up with reruns of Mr. Rogers, obviously. Um, but one of the key strategies for Mr. Rogers um, that enabled him to reach so many children was that when he was speaking to the audience, he was actually looking and speaking to one child. And every other child felt like he was speaking directly to them. And so I, I recommend that you take that same strategy and you find that one individual, that one creative and speak directly to them and all of the other creatives will hear you and feel you, right? Right. So that's, I, that's where I think you ought to, you ought to go. I, and I completely agree. And I think you two as creatives of yourselves, you know, of your own, um, y'all can, y'all can understand that when one creative gets spoken to it, you would feel it on some sort of level. Cause you resonate with that creative, right. that creative, uh, like energy, that creative spirit yeah. of being in that realm. And, and, and it's not so particular to just designers, um, or it can go right. up to web development, you know? 
So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really not trying to close this off to people, but you're right. You know, speaking to directly the creative will definitely get my passion and my heart across to them for them to feel it a little more personally. I think that is great advice. And Elise, I would like to see that more in your on your website. Yeah. What you just explained to me, that makes so much sense that you are focusing on the creative aspect. Um, whereas, you know, before we, you started explaining that to me, I was kind of thinking more traditional local designers being picked up by lo- local shops. I understand what you're saying now. You're trying to elevate the creative side and kind of push the envelope right? And having a, a supportive network for these designers to, to go big and, and, and therefore elevate Texas. Um, I would like to see that more in the content on your website. Okay. Um, I was looking around on your website during that uh, as you were explaining it to me, and it's not completely clear. Right. So I, I feel like that's something that um, we could talk about. Let's, let's dive into your website and talk about what we see there. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now for those that might be following us one day on the likes of YouTube. Um, So, you know, looking at your website, um, I see straight in front of me, welcome to Jolie Fashion Society, which is great. I now know where I'm at, but I don't know why I'm here necessarily, right? And, And I don't know that I'm in the right place for me maybe someone recommended I come here and I see Jolie fashion society and I go, okay, this is the right place, but nothing else. I, I take no, no other comfort from it. Right. So going back to the creative, the image, um, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm looking at a shirt, uh, maybe some lipstick or something down in the side, some shoes, but I don't really know what that is supposed to mean to me. That's just clothes, right? In a setting. If I had a lifestyle image, someone uh, on a runway, someone um, hemming a a dress, someone doing something creative, Mm -hmm. it might, that alone might make me feel like I'm in the right place. And and Um, but then I'm so sorry to interrupt real quick. That is really interesting you say that because I actually had an image of runway of of people doing something and I thought, am I am I not getting across of of my target? Like am I being too specific to I guess the person that's that's looking at it? Right. So I changed that's a really that's a really great question to ask. And that's why in class, we were always talking about A-B testing, right? And um, when it's something that uh, is low budget at the moment, um, and you don't have the ability to A-B test something um, or the traffic really uh, over a short enough time to, to get a real uh, solid answer to that question, it's good to ask that question. And I do think maybe a runway would be too specific. Right. Um, I think maybe the shot of someone uh, sewing something onto a dress that's on, you know, a mannequin might be more uh, might be more broad than a runway, which is very also very busy. Right. Even if it's just an individual, I can hear and see the people and the music and the lights. And it's very, very 
psychologically busy and, and loud looking at something like that. Whereas someone stitching something um, might, and you could have, you know, some, instead of a mannequin, you could have a human wearing it instead of um, uh, a woman, you could have a man that's doing it to make it clear that it's, you know, for more than just an individual. But um, it's something that maybe you want to test and, and you want to put it out there to see. Um, so the other thing though, is at the very top, we have welcome to Jolie fashion society and below we have welcome to Jolie fashion society. Mm -hmm. We don't need it twice. I would say that this top, uh, H one element really should be something impactful that answers the question. So when somebody lands on, on your website, what is the question that they have in their mind? Um, what are we trying to get them to do? What problem are we solving? Give that to them right here. So what is the problem that you see with the Texas fashion society or Texas fashion in general? What's the problem for the creative who wants to grow? And then answer that. So that's a real question, not a rhetorical question. What's their problem? I think the lack of support, um, I really truly feel like a lot of these people that are very creative don't have support. Um, I'll be very honest, me working in the financial industry, I do see that fashion is not, or retail in general is just not really, I don't say highlighted, but maybe some more fashion. Fashion's not really like, oh, that's a career until they're like big names in New York, you know? And in reality, you can be a, a career in fashion locally, you know? So really, I guess the support of the community through their levels of their career will really be like the pain point of Texas. That's what I'm seeing. Okay. Um, just real quick, Trisha, and then I'll pass it over to you. But um, that to me then suggests, I heard you say career maybe several times, um, that to me suggests that the pain point for the the creatives in fashion in texas is that it's hard to scale it's hard to grow so maybe um you need to incorporate the wording here that that clearly demonstrates grow your designer career or your fashion career with us um, and I wouldn't use those words. They would need massaging for sure. But, uh, you want to convey that sentiment right there in the, you know, the very large welcome to Jolie fashion society instead of that. And you can have that a little bit larger below the image perhaps, and, uh, make them feel welcome, but right. we need to change those words there. And, and that makes complete sense. I think um, we spoke a little bit before as well that I I created the website, you know, and I asked y'all to be as brutal as possible. I like y'all. So I love hearing the feedback to it. I want to let the audience know it's okay. <laughs> um, but also, it's very important that, um, you know, I, I do see that. And since I created the website, you see it in one way until someone comes around and creates it in a different way. 
Absolutely. Um, Elise, I was just going to echo what Daniel said. When I when I think about what would kind of imagery would resonate on your website, I did start thinking about the production, right? The production cycle, maybe somebody stitching a dress on a mannequin or, you know, you know, I think, and maybe this is part of the problem, I don't know. When I think about the fashion world, I think about the movies that I have seen that kind of depict the fashion world. And it's usually high fashion, right? Like Paris, um, you know, kind of that level that does seem really unattainable to, to most people. In fact, Daniel and I had, um, we had a client last year, a potential client we were re researching, um, a watch client. And I was in Paris when we were talking with this client and I went into some of the designer shops on the Champs-Elysees and I felt so out of place. Like here we had this potential fashion, you know, they, they had, you know, like really high quality watches and um, it just felt so out of, out of unattainable almost <laughs> to be able to match the level of what I was seeing in Paris. So I love the idea. Does that make sense? I no, feel hundred percent. And I think you're yeah. speaking exactly to, people should not feel uncomfortable in fashion. Yeah, yeah. And and I know yeah. some people would walk into Neiman Marcus, even locally for us and be like, I just don't fit here. And uh -huh. with what we're doing here, that's my goal is to break that like stigma of you belong here if you are a creative in fashion. You know, we're here yeah. to support you. Um, you don't have to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I love that. And so you could, uh, yes, yeah, so again, you could, your imagery could really help that. Maybe not models, maybe, you know, average people making, doing the work, making the dresses, doing the writing, doing the photography, um, something that people can resonate with, the average person, not, you know, high fashion on Paris, which is, was completely overwhelming to me when I was... <laughs> when I was there. So I think that is a great, a great place to start. Um, I do also have a comment about your black and white theme. I know why you did this. It's because you're trying to um, make it, it's kind of an artsy thing to do to, to, you want it to look high, high fashion, but maybe based on what you've been telling me, that's not the direction you want to go. Right. And I, <laughs> And I'm listening to you and I, I'm going to interrupt real quick because I understand that. I think when I was creating like the brand picture of this in my head, I wanted to give a very, I don't even want to say uppity, but a more of a, this is not just any organization kind of feel. Mm -hmm. I might have misstepped with going fully black and white because even on my Instagram, I am too. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I've never, I didn't explore. I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Trisha and Daniel, about kind of what kind of creative way that I could keep that vision of mine without fully sacrificing those monotones that I'm trying to get that feeling for. Well, what I think you're trying to, to um, you're trying to represent fashion and, and the, the ability to, you know, go big and be like a, you know, like a, a high fashion designer. I don't know what the term would be, but if your target audience are people who are still growing that, I would make it a little bit more, uh, feel like a little bit more, uh, I don't know, on, this feels very, um, 
Yes. Thank you. Cold is the word I'm trying friendly. to think. Yeah, I would actually like to see some colors. I would like to see a rack of dresses with the color. Um, it, just because you're in, introducing color doesn't mean that it can't be sophisticated. That's the word I was thinking, sophisticated. So you can still make it sophisticated, but maybe not. I feel black and white, that is, um, that's a very artsy, cold, top, uh, top designer thing to do. <laughs> So what I like a lot, I'm a huge, my favorite color is black. So that's where it stems from is my own love for the dark colors. (laughs) Black is still great, but it doesn't have to be all black and white. So, so still keep it clean and simple. That's my recommendation. Still think clean and simple. And you can have just like your overall, um, you know, like maybe what you do is your theme is black and white, but your pictures add color right? The photographs add color. And um, I do have something to say about white text on black backgrounds. It can be a little bit jarring to the eyes. Um, Sometimes you can, if you look at your title here on your black background, see how there's kind of a little bit of a um, a, um, glow around the letters. There's a glow. Typically, I don't recommend doing white on black. I would flip it. And then we don't even use actual black, Elise. We always go like for a, with a hex color, three three three, which is a very dark gray. It's a very dark gray to help with some of the readability of that, just because it's so stark this way. So yeah. So again, I, I still think it's a great idea to do clean and simple, and maybe still um, black and white grays um, as your your base, but then bring in some color with your photography. And that's, that would be my recommendation. No, a hundred percent. I completely agree. I didn't think about doing a fully black page. Um, Like I said, it stems from my love of black. Um, And so, you know, I did try to add in it to be a little more creative. Um, I did add in some backlinks on some of the website to give where I've had other articles published about us. So I'm trying to gather everything y'all taught me in the last, in like the 18 weeks that I was with y'all and then put it all on the website to be very, not so amateur. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. And this is why we love that you're in our podcast. So we can, we can help you with that. Um, And I agree with Daniel that some of the images um, don't quite make sense. Like you've kind of got this cool, it's like a cool video behind we're published, but is that really, what does that have to do with fashion? Not really anything. Right. So yes, going back to the photography, I would kind of rethink some of those choices. I think that'd be really helpful. So uh, just to demonstrate, you know, the impact that your wording can have, um, I've swapped out your welcome to Jolie Fashion Society that occurs above, and I can't get it to swap into the desktop view, unfortunately, so it's stuck in the mobile, but um, transforming Texas creatives into fashion industry leaders speaks directly to the creatives. It speaks to their desire to grow, to become leaders, and it highlights that they're Texan, right? Right. Um, Something like that might better resonate with your target demographic. And it might make them sign up because they're, they're ready to 
to transform. They're ready to, to do that. Right. Right. Um, we haven't spoken to community or support or fostering growth, but the words themselves give that kind of feeling. They do a lot of that for us. And then the content that we provide later, deeper into the, the page, um, can do that for us as well. If these right. seven words don't, don't cut it. That, that, um, is, I read that and I know what, I know what this website's about. It really does make a big difference. It changes the narrative. Yeah. It, it does. It does. Right. Yeah. Um, so your website, um, I'm going to get a little brutal here for a second, Elise. Your website is it. built using Wix, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it is. Um, okay. I know we learned on WordPress. Yeah. I'm <laughs> mm -hmm. not going to lie. I started building this on WordPress, and there were different bumps in the road that I was having regarding. And as simple as I couldn't get the containers right. Okay. Like it was, it was simple things, but it was at the time I didn't want to not have a website up. Um, in the, in the future, I would love to move it over, do a higher quality, um, server or host and then having those options. Um, yeah, it is on Wix. I know you told me when I started class two about Wix and it was just easier. <laughs> <laughs> for me. No, I, I understand that it's easy. Um, and that's, that's the beauty of, um, tools like Wix tools like Squarespace, you know, they help, uh, they help non-professionals in the web development world spin up a, a decent website really quick. Um, and kudos to you for doing that. You're right. Uh, WordPress you know, they, we, we advertise WordPress as, oh yeah, it's, it's easy. Once you, you know, once you learn it and once your website's built, it's easy to maintain and it's easy to change things. No, it's not. That's, that's a lie. <laughs> it's, it's not, um, it's easy to break things. Uh, it's easy to change things and, and ruin them. Um, but it takes, it takes a lot of know-how. Right. Um, so so I seeing knew you were that you, come you, for me for you the started way. in that space, I knew you were going. You started to. <laughs> in 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 that space, and and then you were like, ah, oh, this isn't working for me. I'm going to pivot. Congratulations. Yes, good. That you've got to. You can't just get stuck in on on the one thing and and uh, give up because it's not working for you. But the problem with with Wix is um, you don't have the fine controls, the finer controls. Uh, with regard to search engine optimization, with regard to uh, the metadata and the back end from a technical perspective, with regard to performance and accessibility, you have handcuffs with, with any tool that's Wix or Squarespace, uh, Shopify, um, Fig, uh, not Figma, Flywheel, you know, they're, they're all different problems. So, um, what I, what I would recommend is, um, not flywheel, Webflow. What I would recommend is when the budget is there, bring somebody in to, to change it. Um, work within the platform that you've got currently, make all of the, the 
changes that we recommend um, that you're able to um, and take note of the ones that you're not able to change and prioritize them later, right? Um, the website is uh, relatively fast to say that you have a, a chat bot on your website. You know, it's, it's doing pretty well, but um, it's really quite empty. You know, when we grade the performance of a, of a website, um, typically the, the core web vitals are associated with how long it takes the initial above the fold page to load. Um, and so, you know, they've probably deferred the JavaScript for the let's chat until after the, the DOM has loaded. Um, and so that helps spin it up more quickly which is good, that's great. But um, Wix feels less professional. And if you are trying to enter into a space where people are spending thousands of dollars on an item of clothing that they may only wear once, um, and you've spent whatever you've spent over at Wix to, to spin this site up quick and easy, um, there's a disconnect, right? And so uh, we want to put that, put the most professional face forward that we can, that we can afford to, that we have the time to, and then over time improve it. So I'm not saying drop Wix today. I am saying as this grows, drop Wix move to a more professional place and, and that is when you've goal. got the budget. Yeah. And it, and it's definitely mm -hmm. the goal. I do see that in the future, definitely, you know, moving to a more professional site. Like I said, I really wanted to have a platform to start with. Um, it was a brand yep. new, like I said, I'm a single, um, I guess, owner of all of my businesses. So really doing stuff. I don't want to say budget friendly cause that's not true. I've invested a lot in a lot of the things that I do. Uh, personally, yeah. but to if I was able to create it to just get my mesh, message to people where I'm not just relying financially on my, conscious, yes, and not just relying on social media. You know how I love social right. media, that was a very easy way for me to get my message out. But I, I wanted the website to show look, I'm, I'm really serious about this and understanding, yeah, it's not a highly professional website. Like I said, be brutal, and I love to hear it because I've already had plans in the future to switch over and get someone, bring someone in to do this and have it all the little, like, silver bells and whistles on it that I'm wanting. Um, but I also have to tell myself to slow down a little. Uh, so both ways. <laughs> let's, let's talk about a couple of things that, that you can hopefully do within the platform that you're, you're currently um, connected to. And these, these are items that both Trisha and I independently brought to the conversation before meeting with you. And we're both like, oh yeah, snap. So the very first thing, um, and you're not seeing it on my site because I've already closed it, is when I land on your page the very first time, there's a pop-up yeah. to, to take an action. Um, that will never work okay. because if this is my first touch, I don't even know who you are or what you are. Why ever would I give you my digital currency, which is my email? Right. Um, 
I'm only going to feel comfortable and confident doing that after I've seen the transforming Texas creatives into fashion industry leaders. And I go, oh, snap, that's me. I'm trying to grow with this. Yeah, help me. Right? Right. Um, so you want to kill that instant pop-up? Pop-ups may work when um, somebody's moving their mouse to to close the tab, but I I would hesitate to believe that that would work under this current scenario. Right. Um, I'm curious if you've ever had anyone sign up for the very first time when they uh, land on your your site and they have that pop up. You could trigger that pop up maybe after they've been on site for X number of minutes, like two or three minutes, then bring up the pop-up. That might be the perfect opportunity to get them to, oh, snap, yeah, of course, I totally want to do that, right? And the thing Um, is, is on every page at the bottom, there is a space for them to add their email as well. Um, Right. Well, the pop-up could could work. I, I can totally see it working, but not... Right on away. load and not on close, mm-hmm. right? Not on close. I would I would have it as set at a delay of time on site or on page, depending on what the the parameters you have available to to right. you. Um, another thing that Trisha and I both identified was what is the what is the intention? What is, what do we expect our first touch website visitors to to do when they come to our site uh, to your site is it go to the about page membership services forum shop contact or search (laughs) search is so big yeah it's in your face and what in the world are they searching for on your website right I, 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 I'm curious if they would ever even use the search bar, maybe within the forum, we need a search bar because people want to be able to search for a conversation that tracks, but I can't get to the forum from here unless I'm a member and I'm signed in. So having that search bar straight out in front of my face, as big as it is, it feels like a miss. Right. And maybe I need to work on how to access the forum as well, because the goal for that is not to have just members being able to speak. I really wanted it to be more of a, like a, a community space to have conversation. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe I need to go in and restructure the requirements to get into it. Um, At least to access and read. Yes. That would be that would be one thing. Not to write, not right. to comment. They need to be members in order for that. Otherwise, you're going to have bots doing all the work and it's going to get ugly real quick. Okay. Elise, were you using a theme that maybe had some of these things already in place, like the search bar, or is that something that you can easily turn off? Um I did use a theme, but it- a lot of it's not even the same. Um, I moved a lot of stuff around. I reorganized. I liked stuff differently. I use a theme as just a mental template for myself. And then mostly I just, it's like when you, you like have a house already decorated and you just go in and you redecorate it anyway. That's kind of what I use my templates for. 
Um, it's not yeah, so staging. much. Yeah, it's it's it is staging. It it helps me kind of see like okay, this is what they have there, but I don't really like a whole conversation there. I want to move it lower. Or I want to move it to the right, or you know. I've, I always remember y'all saying, if I ever po- put a picture, have it facing the text. So yeah. I've always remembered that since. <laughs> um, but yes, I did use a template to start. Um, I could probably take off the search. Okay. And it's not yeah, that's, a huge deal. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's something that I don't think is really necessary for the majority of sites, unless you have a really content-heavy site. And there's just no reason to use real estate up there for that, right? And okay. um, another thing I would like to see if you have the option, I see that you have a shop in your in a shop. Sometimes you have the ability to have the shopping cart up in your nav bar. And I feel like that that's just a second indicator to people that, oh, I can buy stuff here, right? Right. So I would look into settings and see if that's an option to have your cart your cart show up on your homepage. It usually is. Um, I also have another thing to say about your header. Your logo is very tiny, and I don't know if you have the ability to change that. And I would also take the tagline off it. You can't, you can't see the tagline at all. It's just like a little, little blur, little blur of something there, right? right? So take the tagline off and see if you can make that logo a little bit bigger. That would be my recommendation. Would you recommend it staying oh. in the square? I would have to see what your options are. I think your logo would, is fine. It's just not very big. Right. And again, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the limitation of the theme you chose, but hopefully you can just make it a little bigger. I can that's, adjust it. I, I just work. didn't want to yeah. do it. Although I'm adjusting things, I'm like, oh, that looks fine. I never wanted to be like, oh, why is that logo so massive for no reason? And I didn't want to oh, no. make well, it like weird. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's, that's a very, very valid point. That's something that we complain about as designer developers all the time is our clients are like, Oh, I want the logo bigger. You've heard us complain about it in class. I'm sure. Um, so you're right. It shouldn't be massive in your face, but it could stand to be a fair bit bigger and, uh, and still not feel like it's in your face, especially if we get rid of the search bar. Yeah. Um, another thing that needs to be bigger is your nav items. They're all really quite small. Okay. Um, and I don't feel like uh, they're, they're easy to access. Um, you know, I, I feel like they, they're probably what 14 point font, maybe 15. They could probably be 18 or 20. Probably. I know when I created the really website, well. I had it more intended for like um, mobile use. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably why I'm going to pull it up on my phone real quick. And on mobile, they're sized really well. Good. Cause so I, I made sure to do them really on well mobile. on mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just, because I feel like when someone goes to look, especially nowadays, everyone's using their phone. Um, having mm-hmm. that really great mobile site is a lot more important than doing it. I feel like just whenever I use yeah. my stuff, I use my phone a lot more when I'm looking up stuff and when I'm on the website, mm-hmm. but I am creating the website with it built out on to a laptop to start, if that makes sense. 
Well, I would say yeah. as a designer, you need to think about both formats. For sure, people are using their phones and that's super important, but um, desktop, you know, desktop is still no wrong. widely used. Yeah, exactly. So you do need to kind of consider that as well. Um, another thing I wanted to point out, Elise, is I can tell that your nav is, um, is aligned differently than the logo is. Your logo is inside the, what we call the fixed area of your website, whereas your nav is going wide. And so if, when you like move the screen, they don't move together. Do you see that? Like your logo right. ends up like way over here on the right and your nav is way over on the left. So that might be another setting. Just make sure you're either going full width for both or fixed width for both. Okay. Go in and check that setting. I will. Yeah. Um, so an, I was going to talk about the chat bot. Daniel, should we talk about the chat bot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we noticed you have a rather large chat box dot bot here. <laughs> That's another thing that we don't typically see on this kind of a website. Um, how are you using that? Is it helpful or is it just kind of a feature that's not being used? I do get some questions. Um, it's just kind of for those people that want to ask the really short questions. Um, I'm not getting it like massive in the senses of like it's constantly used. Um, I am getting some of the, let me, uh, I'm looking real quick. I do, I do get people, but it, you know, sometimes they're like spam. So it's like, oh, you want to update well, your website? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'll do let's, it let's try to unpack. Let's try to unpack what questions you are getting, because what I'm not seeing here is a frequently asked questions page. Okay. which yes. would help with search engine optimization. It would help with getting potential feature snippets in, in Google uh, search results. And it would um, reduce the need for something like a chat bot. And, and then the contact page itself could be more encouraging for those uh, harder questions to answer. Okay. Right? Um, so I would, I would recommend building a fax page and having all of those FAQs there, easy for people to find. Um, and then having, you know, the contact page really open to, uh, if you have any questions that are not answered in the fax, come to my contact and fill out the form, right? So that will link over to your contact page. And then the contact content can say, um, have any questions that aren't in the facts, right. hit me. I'm happy. I'm here for you, you know, um, or join the forum, uh, to answer, uh, to, to look for other questions that are more related to fashion rather than the society. Right. Right. Um, but so I, I feel like, uh, the chat bot, it's good that it's being used. You now have the data, you know, as we say in class, you either start with data or you build data. So you've built some data, use that data to reverse engineer what types of FAQs you need, at least from the, the onset for building that page. Uh, but then maybe kill the chatbot. Right. The chatbot, re removing the chatbot feature from your website may also improve the user experience because, um, it could potentially be slowing the page performance down. Okay. And if you remove it, then you know your your performance score could go up 
five, 10 points, okay. depending on how it's, it's integrated. It may, it may not have any impact at all. Um, Trisha mentioned the, the video animation that's playing behind the we're published, um, page. Um, I don't recall if she mentioned the black text on the white buttons, but it's so thin, I can't see it. Okay. So we need to make that font weight like five or 600 for Voyage Dallas and uh, Canvas Rebel to make it really stand apart. Okay. Otherwise it just disappears into the white. Um, And we did talk in in class a lot about choosing your images, um, making them meaningful. I, that also applies to your animations. Okay. This animation doesn't really mean anything to me. It's cool looking. It's cool looking. I think that's but it where I'm trying to get in the energy of of bringing in more of a um, technology focused field. Um, since we were, yeah. you know, kind of bringing up, doing it a little more. Um, sci-fi kind of i don't i don't know how to put it i feel like the fashion's going in with ai like that gives me that Mm sci-fi feeling that i wanted to give my audience when they're going to look at things like oh it's super wow that's really different of the page to do then you know because like i said i Uh think ai fashion is like the next frontier and we're about to head there so well (laughs) i i i see where you're going with that yeah, I see where you're going with that. I like that. And it does give me that feeling. Um, but the the news, the, the links that I go to don't really correlate to that same concept. So I would say it has an application somewhere, but maybe to a link that's talking about integrating AI in fashion. Okay. Okay. Great. And then going going that direction. Elise, so I am looking at your membership page and I have a question. How do I become a member? Um, (laughs) Literally at the moment, all I have is contact us. Um, I have not built out that page as well as I want and intend to. Um, I was really trying just to focus on creating a very beautiful first step, if that makes sense. Like I want people to understand what we're doing. Um, I didn't, I have not pushed memberships hard at all. Um, I really want to just build the community's trust and say like, look, this is not some scammy thing. I'm not going to try to like poach you for money right away. Um, this is what we're doing. This is what we're like, this is what we want to get done. Um, so you're right. It hasn't <laughs> fully been developed thoroughly yet. So this is interesting that you said that this, it sounds like the membership may not be one of your, the primary focuses of your, your program. Would you see that that's true? Is that not what you're focusing on? At, in the future, it will be. Um, okay. I, I am giving myself like about a year to a year and a half of just pure I want to build the trust of the fashion community because then after that people will 
know what you're about, know what you are doing. And then they'll be like, okay, well, now I'd like to be a member. You know, I know what you're doing. I see your vision. Like I was telling y'all, like, I'm really trying to support that creative. And so building the trust of the, of the fashion creative is like, I, I'm a nobody in a lot of cities. Um, nobody knows who I am. They don't know my background. And so what I'm trying to do is just build the trust of like, look, I'm true to my word. I've gone to the Valley multiple times. I had my launch party in Austin. Um, my, I have a trip to Dallas coming up for fashion that I'm going to. I have a trip to Houston as well in August. So I'm trying to, to show Texas, like I'm single, I'm a singular like owner of this, but I am going to go, I'm, I'm true to my word. You know, I'm going to go support your cities. I'm going to go show up. And then I'll push memberships when people are like, okay, like, yes, I see what you're doing. You're saying true to your word. You're not being, the fashion industry, what a problem is, is that it's scammy sometimes. Depending on organizations, it's a very easy way to promise a lot and not give a lot. So you can be like, oh, join my model camp. Here's an example. And they go around all the U.S. Join a model camp. You can be a published model. You can you know, get signed with an agency and the agency's the model camp. It, it, it's not a real agency. It's the model camp. You take photos and the photos just end up on their social media, you know? And so okay. I'm very much trying to do stuff without requiring people to pay at first so that I could build that trust. Like, look, I'm not in this for your money. I'm not going to promise you these things because you're going to give me membership money. Okay. All right. But, but how does this business thrive? Yes. <laughs> Not wrong. So that's why I say in the future. Um, I've been at this for about since October. And then I launched that it was mine because I kept it a secret for a while. And then I launched that it was mine officially in February. So the memberships will be coming up more prominently in the fall where I'll start marketing that more. Right now, I'm just trying to get a few events in different cities to show that I travel and then build up just kind of like my connections. So when I go work in those cities, then, you know, I go one time, it's an introductory. So I do business development in my financial institution. So Introductory visits are always super important to me. And then I follow up with, okay, now this is what I'm selling. Instead of just, I don't want to hard hit them. It's not. Sure. I don't, I don't like functioning like that. So I didn't want to do it to others. No, that's, and that's fair. And that's, that's really, that's great. Um, But we have a, a disconnect. On one page, you're eventually selling memberships, and that's probably how you're driving the bulk of the revenue for the company. On your about page, however, you have donations, and it feels like a major disconnect to be accepting donations for a for-profit business. So it was two different, and I understand it's two different things. I'm creating a scholarship. So within the organization, the donations are for a scholarship. Um, Everyone, all the students that are under the membership um, of the protege protege one, 
will have an opportunity to get the scholarship. And so my goal is to help graduating seniors in their fashion degrees have a little money to either finish out their last semester or like mostly it's mostly for school. It's just to help them out in their last semester. So when they do be able to go be a creative after school, they don't have to go work a a lower pay grade retail job and give up their dreams of not doing design or not doing the creative aspect. And, and that's, that's fantastic. Um, I would say you need a dedicated page to that and have that a separate section where you can encourage uh, others to donate towards the protege membership scholarship, um, but have it a separate ask entirely. Mm-hmm. Right now, it looks like that money is going to you. Because okay, because I'm I'm within the same right next to aspect, it. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Elise, I, something you just said is really interesting to me. So you are traveling and you're pitching this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is good to know. You are. It sounds like primarily you are making connections first. You're talking with people first, and this is probably the second touch. After you talk to them, you say, "Here's my website where you can learn learn more." Right. And the purpose of your website is to help establish you as an as authentic, trustworthy somebody who is actually building this space um, and not scammy. That's those are the words that you right. use, right? <laughs> Um, okay, so th- this is this is good to know. I think that you really need to evaluate um, your content and the hierarchy of things, right? right? So a lot of times when I when people are looking at a nav, for for instance, the order of the things you have in your nav kind of highlight what's imp- most important on that on the website. Right. So you have home, you have about. The next thing you have is memberships. I honestly, for me thought that that was a very high priority for your site. And and you're saying that's actually something you're going to work on down the road, the, the, the line, but that's actually not what you're um, primarily using this website for yet. That's right. like a side idea, right? So, also, so I would... Like we were talking about that second, sorry, real quick, um, that second touch point. Yeah. My main source of connection with people is also social media. So... Okay. You yeah, go to the web, Instagram. my social media first, and then you go to the website. So it, I wanted okay. it to be um, a deeper dive into Jolie, what they're not seeing on the on the social media, but that uh-huh. correlates efficiently to where it's like, oh, I see her traveling because I post all our videos of everywhere we go. I post where we're going, um, all the shows I do. I take videos. I make a reel. Like I dedicate that page to that. Um. And they're like, okay, look, I see her. She's moving everywhere. Oh, how do I learn more about this? And so the website's supposed to be not a capture, but a place where people can sit and read and learn and truly enjoy. If you're going to the Instagram connected to my face, that is my personal Instagram, just saying. Mm -hmm. I think that your website could really benefit from a blog, Elise. Having a blog where you're writing about your travels and posting pictures from your travels, and I'm doing this now, and I'm about to go here, and I just went to this city. It's a hidden page um, right now, so I'm working on that. Um, that's where I'm yes. also getting, I'm trying to get in. If you go back to the homepage, um, at the bottom it's saying, um, looking for bloggers. I did not give a connection to that, but I'm basically trying to get them 
to inquire to where if they wrote about the up and coming fashion season, what's the summer trend and they want to write about it. I want to give them that space calling all fashion bloggers and writers. And yeah, maybe it's not displayed as well, which we've talked about a lot of the colorations and stuff. And I completely understand. Um, But it's a work in progress. I do have a newsletter that goes out right now, not consistently because I don't have enough content yet. I don't want to send something out and it's like, oh, great. She sent me another email and it has nothing in it. Um, I delete them or I just unsubscribe. So instead of, um, but at some point when a blogger submits, there's an option of that, of that um, blog piece, it to be cropped and put into the newsletter. So they get highlighted again through the people that actually interact with us. That is a great idea. I think that's a great idea. Um, It, it's not too premature to be advertising it. Um, but you want to make sure that all of the necessary pieces are soon to be in play. Otherwise it does, we need a coming soon feature, right? Something like that. And I have an introductory blog that that I'm going to post soon. I'm finishing it up actually this week, this weekend. Um, so the blog is very like within hopefully the next week it should be up in in like a space for them to see and read and so we've got we've got this join the club down at the bottom this feels a little confusing am i joining the membership when i sign up or am i joining the newsletter membership when i sign up the newsletter or is it one in the same okay no it's the newsletter the newsletter i would i would have that cta closer to something about the newsletter itself, right? Okay. Um, I know we have the email list here, but that doesn't mention the newsletter. Um, and it doesn't have to be connected to this because this is calling for the bloggers referencing right. the newsletter. So we need some other information highlighting there's a, a bi-weekly newsletter join here, subscribe here. Right. Um, and I think my... Where I've been also not putting as much on my homepage, and and I want your honest opinion about this. I didn't want the homepage mm-hmm. to be like a mile long. Um, right, I I think I think that that's accurate. Okay. Um, but you do need your homepage to at least hit on the key points, and then all of these different items can dial deeper in. Right. We right. need to link to the uh, page that actually talks about the newsletter that may have like um, this is, you know, the, the most recent newsletter, you can read it for free here. Right. And so you could dynamically perhaps pull in uh, recent newsletters to that page so that they can see, Oh man, yeah, this is a really good newsletter. I would love to receive this in my inbox so that when they do subscribe, they are genuine. And they will open your newsletters because they know what it's what's inside that box, right? So yes, you would want to link to uh, something describing the newsletter. You would want to link to your memberships. You're right. You don't want to to be too heavy with content. That's what the other pages, the internal pages, are for. Um, but we need to at least 
be a little bit more clear with the ask right. or the directives, right? <clears throat> because when somebody signs up as a member, they are not necessarily, unless you make it abundantly clear, they're not necessarily joining the newsletter. They may want to be members and they may not want to receive your biweekly emails, right? right? So they have to opt in rather than opt out. Um, and so you'll need to be able to segment those. Well, similarly, if I see join the club and I'm, I don't know that this is for the newsletter, I might think, because like Trisha was saying, the membership signing up for the membership is kind of confusing. Um, I might think that I'm signing up for membership with this. So right. we need to have more clear terms over in the membership area that say, um, membership is currently locked. It will be unlocked in the fall of 2023 for new members to join. Right. And then that makes it clear. for Right. Me. And then it's like so more of a coming just, soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and from a behavioral economics kind of perspective, a psychological perspective, the reference to membership is currently locked and will be unlocked could mean a lot of different things. It sounds like it's active and I'm not allowed to join exclusive, right? Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to coming soon, sounds like underdeveloped. Right, 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 right. Right. Just the way you so. word stuff. Uh-huh. Um, Elise. So, so Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say one more thing on your about page. Yes. I know that this Instagram links to your personal Instagram and I know that you're big on Instagram. I would have another one next to it for LinkedIn and I would be clear somewhere that this is a uh, visit Elise's personal uh, social media okay. accounts because um, there's no difference between these two icons to tell me that one takes me to the JFS Insta and the other takes me to the ADZ Insta. Right. I do a that lot of- That is a really good point. That It is a great point. I do a lot of fashion stuff on my personal Instagram as well that I post. So, which is why mm -hmm. I thought it was important to include because I am signed. Sure. I don't know. I didn't say that throughout this whole thing. I'm signed with agencies in New York, LA, and Louisiana for acting and modeling. So, and I also am a talent agent for fashion creatives mm. that are hair, makeup, and stylists out of Chicago. So I am an active working member in the industry. Um, and I wanted right. people to know, hey, this this lady that created this, it's not just, oh, a side passion. Like she's an active working member that's already currently involved in larger markets. Sure. And you talk about that in your meet the owner section, which I think is great. Those are really great things to highlight and very cool. Congratulations. You're you. making, making your way, my friend. I work a lot. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, I, just echoing what um, Daniel was kind of saying about your homepage again, do you use that real estate? Just direct people to what's most important in the website, right? That's so it doesn't have to be long and it shouldn't be just like you said, just use the, that the little blocks of spaces to direct people to the most important content on your site. And then I would suggest back to your home, your nav, think about the hierarchy again. Um, I think about is in a good place because that is so important. I would build out that page, but maybe 
a viewpoint memberships and um, the forum under about okay. because those aren't taking priority priority right now, but they're things that are kind of about you. And then that's going to move services over, which seems like a big thing you're working on right now, because right. that has to do with what you're presenting to these clients, potential clients that you're talking to. Right. Right. And then, and then you'll have shop, which is, should be at the end because it's just, it's kind of a side thing you're doing and then end with contact. And, um, on your contact page, we were noticing, uh, well, one thing that we noticed is you have this little social media Instagram button uh, above your form, which I don't think really needs to be there because you already have the icon in your footer. Right. Um, and it's funny because it's like really bright. It's like the only <laughs> color on the page. <laughs> so it's like social media. And I'm like, yeah, check <laughs> this out. <laughs> so you don't need that there because you clearly okay. have the Instagram icon in your footer. So, um, yeah, so that's what I would say about that. And again, contact us. I would probably choose some images here um, that represent you more, maybe even pictures of you on here. Because when people are contacting us, who are they contacting? They're contacting you, right? right. So I think that would make sense to, to have it, it obvious that you are the one they are contacting. It's me, not yeah, a broken up you. face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Makes sense. Um, so there were two other small, small points. Um, I need to bring them up on the screen. One of them, well, they're both typos. So on the about page, um, you reference the exclusive fellowship of the Texas Fashion Elite. Oh. Fellowship is actually a word and it means followers rather than leaders. Okay. But you're really trying to set a leadership standard. So fellowship. Yeah. And and that tracks because that's the, the word that you use on, on another space. Um, and then I can't remember where it was. Uh, life and uh, what was it? Oh, uh, live and breathe it on the same page. Okay. That breathe needs an E. That's like live and breath it. Okay. So it needs an E. Oops, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I can read right. it a thousand times and I probably would never catch it. Oh, I know. Uh, this, me, me, I'm the same way. The yeah, same way. We, we typically have somebody read through the websites. We design a lease and proofread it for us because just like you said, when you've looked at it and you've read your own content, you know, 50 times, you miss stuff. Right. <laughs> so it's always good to get another pair of eyes on it. Um, something I noticed, and I noticed this specifically on the memberships page, is you're also um, misusing caps. Like you have a lot of words in caps that don't need to be in caps. Okay. So go in and check that. Um, right. So, uh, we haven't really talked much about your, your current digital marketing practices outside of your website. We've, we've mentioned that you've got your two different Instagram channels. You do a lot of live events, which is uh, traditional marketing. Right. Um, I'm guessing that at this stage, you're not running any paid ads and, and that would make sense. I wouldn't spend any money on I am on social, until, actually. Are you? On okay. social, I do. And what's, what's, 
what's the what's the um what's the goal what is your objective with running those ads on social larger reach i'm I'm really going for more of just a reach i'm trying to get um okay more people to so see my content on social at least okay are you right so you're not driving people to your website no. yet that's not the the objective it's to get more engagement larger follower base something like that. right okay um you know this from class i'm just going to go ahead and mention it uh i highly recommend against running paid ads for followers on meta facebook in particular instagram is slightly different especially if you're trying to establish yourself as an influencer and you're running it on your personal um instagram page rather than your your uh business Instagram account. Um, but on Facebook, it's going to go against you. And seeing that you don't have Facebook advertised anywhere in here, I'm assuming that we're safe from that. But um, what I would do is try to, like you said, reach um, the, the simple objective for brand awareness, getting, getting the message out, getting people to come and see your account uh, is fine. But what would what could end up happening even in insta is you get a very large follower base because you have intentionally gone after it but they're not genuine followers and that will dilute the efficacy of your messaging being spread organically um without paid ads later so right. the larger your non-genuine follower base grows the more expensive it's going to get over time for you to actually get your messaging out to people who genuinely might care. Right. Whereas um, if you are trying to establish yourself as an influencer and you can get yourself up to, you know, a hundred thousand followers um, th and you're harnessing those numbers, the vanity metrics to demonstrate, Hey, look, this is how many followers I have. That's great but you need to make real sure that those followers are also engaging with your posts because anyone with uh, any sense will look at your follower base and then look at the engagement numbers and be like, and it's not adding up mismatch. And then, yeah. And be like, yeah, you bought those. Yeah. I've seen One people at that bottom and it's like, yeah, why you're totally messing up your metrics on that. Like your numbers right. of how many people right. follow you, are trash compared to like your real like views right no exactly. and I, I understand when i did i've i've laid off a lot on the paid ads for social media especially for jolie um because it was initially just to try to get knowledge out like just oh this is a new yeah. organization i don't want to say get some followers but get people that would look at the ad and be like oh okay i follow them and then they do mm -hmm. um so for you, it seems like having the right followers is super important. Have you ever used influencers as guests? Have you tried doing that? That feels like something that might work in your space. I have not yet. Um, I do have um, some goals of the future. Maybe I was thinking of doing... <laughs> See, the thing is, like, I'm doing a lot. So... At some point, I would love to do like, 
like not a podcast, but a podcast in a sense of where I can get um, highly respected fashion creatives in the industry, bigger, larger markets to have conversation, whether that's in their respective fields. So if it's a designer, talk about how they got started, um, you know, give some tips and tricks, kind of like what we're doing here, um, but for the fashion creative. And I have a friend that's in New York, she's a model, and we have it scheduled soon. She works a lot. So it's always like, oh, I'll do it. But then, so I have it TBD, but um, she's going to come on and talk about modeling, how she got started, how she started it all. And then the goal is to record that and put that on the website. So over time, having a bunch of those um, where people can opt in of seeing it live and asking live questions, kind of like a Zoom, record it. And then on demand. Uh, I think a podcast is a great idea for, for your business. That makes so much sense, Elise. And I think you would have so much interest. In fact, it's interesting. We have um, another student who is a fashion photographer that we are interviewing in about two weeks. I'm going to connect you two. I get, yes. I, you're doing some similar things. Um, that is such a great idea. I think that that is would produce a lot of content for you too. That's why Daniel and I started our podcast. This is a, a good way for us to create content for our own social media right. and for YouTube and Instagram reels. Um, are you on TikTok? Because it, it seems like TikTok would be good for you too. <laughs> I personally am. Um, Jolie is not. So um, I dabble in TikTok. It's not my favorite platform. I'm a huge Instagram person. Shockingly, uh, it's not my favorite. It's I love Instagram. So my heart's with Instagram. And then obviously since Facebook's in meta, I know how to do Facebook too because at my financial institution, I do all of it except TikTok. So I do Twitter, LinkedIn, and all of that. All right. So this brings up an in interesting question I have that I feel will resonate with a lot of people listening to our show so there's a balance when you are choosing which social media um, platforms to focus on. And if the balance is where are, where's my target audience? What platform is my target audience using versus what do I personally like using? What do I feel comfortable using? How much time do I have to dedicate to this? It's a balance, and you. So, so how do you see that playing out? You, so you're in the fashion world. Where do you feel like your potential clients and followers are visiting most? Where do they live? I do have to say Instagram. Um, a lot of okay. these startup fashion designers do like Instagram to sell, um, and do a little more like guerrilla selling. I like to say, like not guerrilla marketing, but it's like guerrilla selling where they just throw it on a picture and they try to sell it that way. Um, I do intend on doing TikToks in the future. I have, so all the videos I've created for Jolie, I've created them on a separate platform and then I uploaded them onto Instagram. So the videos are already pre-created. I just need to add songs to them. Um, so then that means I can keep all the content it being my own without having to save it. And Instagram has, well, yeah, I hate uh, the watermarks and all that. Uh, no. Um, I do see myself going to either YouTube or TikTok. Um, YouTube, because of the YouTube reels or the shorts, 
that's super, super popular right now. Um, and it's only growing. And I've gotten some insights from a, I don't know if you know of the Kim Dawson agency in Dallas. They're, they're a really like, they're a legitimate, like high quality agency. A lot of girls come out, they start in Dallas and then they'll go to New York through Kim Dawson. So the way that works would be like, I live in tech. I live in San Antonio. I have a mother agency locally. She takes care of me. I sign in Dallas. She gets 10% and then, or 5%. And then Kim Dawson gets 10% of my work. And then what Kim Dawson does will connect me with another market. So their goal is to get me to another market. So then the money they make, they'll get money. It, it kind of like, it's like a funnel down. Yeah. But um, yeah. they've told me that um, YouTube shorts, way to go. And I talked to them in November. So I'm, I'm shooting for YouTube more so than TikTok, just because I feel like creating a YouTube video is a little more long-term and it doesn't need to be so hot so fast. Um, TikTok is yeah. like, oh God, I have to always think on my toes, which is fine because I love social media, which is my other business. But I, it's like, not me. Is it, I don't know. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I do it for myself, but business-wise, it's a hit or miss for your business. I think TikTok is. Yep. I agree. You're right that YouTube short, shorts are the fastest growing social media platform right now. And what's really cool is if you are doing a lot of video, it's pretty easy to put them on a real uh, YouTube short and then TikTok if you want to or not, right? Mm-hmm. That's what's so great. Anytime I'm shooting video for a client, I have the different lengths um, that real requirements or the short requirements or TikTok in my head as I'm filming. So I typically try to do shorts or, or video that's under a minute because then I know I can go and use it everywhere, right? So shorts are only a minute and you only get 60 seconds right now. So I that tends to be the first thing I focus on and then I can go make it into a reel and put on TikTok. So yeah, that's a really good, if you know that most um, your follower base is on Instagram, then focus on that and some reels. Um, but yes, maybe consider making your, instead of 90 seconds, which is what you can do for a reel, consider filming, making real or video that's 60 seconds. And then you can go, go put it on YouTube too. Well, it's shocking because kind of when it comes to time. even reels on Instagram, they are telling you to hit about 10 seconds. That that's after that yeah. people are trying to scroll to after seconds. that. So if you don't create like a good text, right. 10 second reel, like kind of like give it up. Mm-hmm. So I try to do a few short reels here and there for the reels on Instagram. And then periodically I'll throw in obviously my show, like the shows that I'm recording, they're a little longer. They'll be about a minute. So. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this has been a, a really great conversation, Elise. So we've loved having you. you. Uh, we do need to wrap it up, but before we do, um, is there one little golden nugget, one key takeaway that you want to tell, you know, uh, the, the creatives in the fashion world, be they in Texas or anywhere else, um, about what you're doing or just anything at all? Um, I think two things. One, don't be afraid to ask for help and be willing to take all advice. Not all advice is good advice, but if you're willing to listen to it and um, digest it a little bit, it could be useful for you. Um, and then for Jolie, you know, we're here for everyone. And I, I truly mean that if you have questions, 
I might not know them, but someone else in the industry will that I know. And there's, there's always room at the table for people in fashion and it doesn't have to be nasty. Like it used, it used to be is, you know, everyone can have their space. You like photography. There could be another photographer. I mean, the world is huge. Why stop at one, you know? Right. Right. And that's, that's uh, Jolie fashion society, J O L I fashion society.com. Once again, thank you so much, Elise, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Lovely seeing you as always. Uh, and uh, hope to hear more about the success of uh, Jolie as it grows. Thank you thank so you. much. Thanks for having me. Bye, Elise. Thanks for tuning in to the We Rock DM podcast. We hope you found our discussions on digital marketing and web design and development helpful and informative. Don't forget to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on the latest trends and strategies in the world of online business. We'll see you in the next episode of We Rock DM, where we make kick-ass stuff kick-ass.